Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 63, where we're going to be discussing social corporate responsibility, specifically using the ESG model. Okay, I could really use some help with my copy there. No joke, but stick around. This one's really good. It's about how to like use social, the social responsibility of your company. Yeah, I should probably cut that out, but I'm not going to. Okay, for those who are following along, if you listened in the last podcast, I'm still podcasting from a dark bedroom closet. Studio C still does not have a light bulb. However, we know that business is a machine. I have taken that quote from Rachel Rogers and I use it all the time. We know that we pull levers in this money-making machine that make the biggest difference. And apparently, I'm doing that because one can record and produce a podcast from a dark room. (laughs) Hankering down on what's important here. Okay. Did you hear about Patagonia in the news last week? Whoa. The founder of Patagonia gave away their $3 billion company what does that mean? A little bit more detail, it means that the founder gave away the, their $3 billion company to a pair of trusts, and there's a mandate to give all the profits every year, about $100 million a year, from those trusts to a social agenda, an environmental agenda for him, which is fighting climate change. And every article that I read talked about how this raised the bar big time on what a socially conscious business can look like. Now, what does that make you think about the Patagonia brand? Does it make you more or less likely to buy from it? For me, it makes me more likely. So here's what I want to talk about today. How do we increase the value of your company using social responsibility? Do you have to increase your value? Is the only way to increase the value of your company just through sales? 
just through like a service or product and you're on that wheel, more solving your clients' problems, more social proof, more testimonials, more crossing your fingers and hope more people buy. This model is saying that is not true. That is short-sighted. We've discussed values in companies a few times here on OTs Get Paid. Season 2, Episode 2, we talk about how your core values affect your profit. Season 1, Episode 11, we spoke with Melissa LaPointe on using core values to build a profitable business. This episode is going to give you more specifics around not just values, but using a specific model to reflect on how it's going to increase the profit in your business and ways that you can implement this in your business. I have discussed movement marketing and the mission and social agenda behind Trish Williams Consulting. This year, my time off in the summer, and you know, some of my health challenges, my revenue hasn't and won't hit the goal that I intended. And that's okay, because as the CEO, it always gave me comfort, especially when I was taking a lot of time off this summer, that I'd still have something in the bank. We were always going to, you know, come out on the plus side and that I was going to be able to give a percentage of that away. The big ultra mission of Trish Williams Consulting is to empower OTs to claim their financial freedom as strong female or female identifying CEOs by growing and scaling your businesses. Because we know we're driven by the belief that cash flow is the path to impact. And we know that wealth isn't just about money, it's a resource. So you can better your team, better community, and better your family. And what we do here at Trish Williams Consulting is we give away a certain percentage of our profits each year to a charity that aligns with our mission, and that is Dress for Success. In the OTs Get Paid Facebook group, I've actually done a few talks on this. We even talked about the social agenda of Ben and Jerry's. And the bigger social, the bigger mission, really, not social agenda in this case, but the bigger mission of these companies. And I'm encouraging you to have more. But again, today we're going to get specific. So the solution is not just more sales, more hustle, more this, more that. Cross your fingers, hope you get more sales. It is specific to a socially responsible company. And I found a model that I quite like, and it's called the ESG proposition. Environmental, social, and governance. This refers to the three key factors when measuring the sustainability and ethical impact of an investment in a business or a company. So actually, this started as an investment criterion, a way for investors to screen and check out companies. I'm going to dig deep into this in a little bit more, but I do want to tell you a story. One of my closest friends is raising two incredibly strong, female-identifying young people. They're in their mid-20s. They're both taking liberal arts education. One is in law school. The second is going to go into law school and probably do a PhD in gender studies. These are some of the most socially aware young people that I know personally. And their parents were telling me a story the other day about how these, their children <clears throat> are being taught investing with the parents because the parents are taking some of the money they were putting away to university, and these kids wound up getting some scholarships and putting it into some investments for them. And 
these are such socially aware young people that they were insisting on screening all the investments that their dad, who is a financial professional, an accountant, and a lawyer, by the way, they were using this screening tool in their early 20s to see what types of companies they wanted to have their money go into investments. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my clients started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. So to me, this shows where people are at and where the future is headed. So let's go back to this idea of stakeholders and investment in your business. Most of our OT companies don't have outside stakeholders, but we do have customers and employees and suppliers, some of us, and communities. And if you look at the environmental criterion, this examines how a business performs as a steward of the natural environment, waste and pollution, resource depletion, greenhouse gas emissions, deforestation, and climate change. The social criterion looks at how a company treats people and concentrates on employee relations and diversity, working conditions, how they're serving their local community, health and safety, conflict. And governance criterion is how the corporate policies are, how, how they go and run their corporate policies itself, how it's governed, tax strategy, remuneration of your people, donations, is there any corruption, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So I spell that out because this is actually not a strength of mine. I feel as though maybe I represent the the every person, the every man in OT in the sense that I'm a good person. I started my company with a clear social agenda in helping people, both my bricks and mortar and peds and here today too. And that's why I show up every day. That's why you show up every day. I know it. And yet I can't really speak to this in a very sophisticated way. And so... This is why I like this topic, and I might be giving some of you information that you already know, like, Trish, why are you reading out what environmental criterion is? But I liked it. It helped me dig a little deeper into a topic I feel clearly passionate about and recognize its importance and have a mission. You know, I went backpack camping two weekends this August and you know, even carried out my coffee grounds. It was leave no trace. We like were stewards of the land. We did what we needed to do in the beautiful provincial parks here in Alberta, Canada. And yet, I, I don't speak very eloquently on it. <laughs> that was a good slip up, wasn't it? I don't speak that eloquently on it. So stick with me. Some of this might be obvious. Some of this might be new learning. I am the every person today. So a lot of this information I got um, from McKinsey and They've, they put out some really great studies. This statistic I got from the U.S. Business Roundtable, which is, they say that this is really more than a fad or a feel-good exercise, like I just said. I'm kind of a feel-good person about this, but I don't know much. 
And anything ESG-oriented, whether it was investing or having companies use this as a framework for how they do business, has seen a meteoric rise. They say that any kind of global sustainment, sustainable investment, any glo global sustainability now chops $30 trillion, and it's up 68% since 2014. A Nielsen poll in 2018 said that 85% of millennials and 80% of Gen Z rank the environment at the top of their list when deciding which companies they want to engage with. And I just alluded to that with my friends, kids who would be millennials, I guess. So let's start getting into the nitty gritty of how a strong ESG proposition makes financial sense for a company, okay? And then we're going to talk about what we can specifically do with ROT companies. From experience and research, and this is again from McKinsey, ESG links to cash flow in five important ways. The first one is facilitating top-line growth, which means attracting more customers who will often pay more for green. Green in quotes. How many of you have, I think, you know, again, I'm in Canada, but I think, I don't know if it's every time I go into Amazon or if it's Amazon US or if it's different companies. I don't remember at this point, but you've seen those, you can offset the carbon cost of delivery with an upcharge and a lot of people click into that. I know that when I go to the grocery store, and they charge me for a bag if I've forgotten mine. I often won't, will pay for the more expensive bags. They have these compost bags that I love and they can, you know, dual as the compost bags for my green bin, which is on my counter. Um, or people are paying more even just for like, you know, organic green cleaning products. Number two is reducing costs. Can you affect your cash flow by reducing costs with an ESG proposition, looking at your energy cons consumption, looking at how you package your goods, for example? I get um, HelloFresh meal delivery, and I know that just recently they had partially green packaging, and now it's fully green. Number three, minimizing regulatory and legal interventions earning subsidies and government support. I don't think, I mean, one of these points is also decreasing on fines. I, I don't think we get fined that often as OTs. But in earning subsidies and government support is a really important, important piece here that I just love when I want this to sit and tweak your brain of how you could, what, what do you have already that's happening for yourself that you could earn subsidies and government support for your ESG proposition in your company? Number four is increasing employee productivity. And that is attracting better talent through having a social agenda and having happier employees. So again, the McKinsey study randomly selected employees at one Australian bank who received bonuses in the form of company payments to local charities. And these employees reported greater and more immediate job satisfaction than their colleagues who were not selected for the donation program. Last is optimizing investment and capital expenditures. That means putting more of your capital into sustainable activities. So mm, I was trying to think of one that was kind of specific. When I had my bricks and mortars, I had the opportunity for pay for more parking for my clients. I could have bought more parking spots, rented more parking spots rather, um, in the adjacent lot. Or should I have put that money into a therapeutic garden? Optimizing those investment capital expenditures. Now, how do you do this? <laughs> Trish, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm picking up on what you're putting down. Uh, you know, the average Joe might not find this topic that interesting. Let's get really specific. How do you do this? Again, this comes from McKinsey. One, you give back. We've already talked about that. Check. 
Number two, I swear this is what it said in the McKinsey documents, create a plan. You know I love me a plan. Create a plan. Create a plan for what you're doing, your environmental, social, and governance agenda is going to look like at your company. Number three, tie it into every aspect of your company. This is one of my favorite things that I teach people when they come to Trish Williams Consulting. So many of us think in terms of clinical plans, and it's my job, and I continue to teach everybody about the different headers of business, marketing, sales, operations, finances, human resources, products and services. Tie it into every aspect of your company. Number four, do you think it's worth it to get a B Corp certification? Is it worth for your OT business to get this designation? B Corps are certified beneficial, in quotes, companies. And their purpose is to create value for society as well as money. So you have to apply for this. And I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but Google it in wherever you live. And in order to apply and and qualify, you need to meet standards of transparency and accountability, creating positive social and environmental change. I mean, to me, this is almost sounds like every OT business that I've I've put my eyes on. Beyond the certification, biz, B Corp entrepreneurs are also like a movement of people who really believe that business can be a force for good in this world. I mean, I think that sounds like an OT entrepreneur to me. Okay, we've talked about some specifics, and now I want to talk about your role as the CEO in all of this. Are you ready? This is your job as the CEO, as the visionary. And the core messaging comes from you. And whether you have no team or a teeny-weeny team or a big team, if you have a middle management or others on the team, their job is really to focus on like performance metrics and KPIs, et cetera. And your job is to really continue this forward, forward vision and this core, core messaging. And I know you have it in you because you're an occupational therapist. You've already thought of the big bad why behind why you do this. I guarantee you have. There's not one person I've spoken to in any way, shape, or form at any start, growth, or scale phase of business that hasn't thought about their big, bad, hairy, audacious mission and why. So don't forget the core messaging comes from you. And it is more than just save the planet. It really is how this relates to your company's bottom line. That is, again, your job. It's not, we're going to change the world. It's, we're going to change the world, and we're going to have the profit to continue to do it, and you're all going to get paid really well, and I'm going to get paid well, and whatever I do with my money, probably not buy shoes. I'm going to buy land. A lot of you want to buy land. I'm going to send my kids to an amazing school. I'm going to donate. I'm going to, you know, take my partner and have them work part-time etc, etc, etc. So what do you need to know to do all of this? You need to know a lot about systems and a lot about operations and a lot about data. Data, team, KPIs, goal setting, strategic planning, messaging, marketing. It's what we do at Trish Williams Consulting. You know I love me a good strategic plan. We have free B, by the way. Um, it's linked in our podcast resources. And everybody always rolls their eyes and they're like, I know I need a strategic plan. I haven't done it yet. I get it. But 
If this is what resonates with you, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely what I've been thinking about and I need to do it. Go to your strategic plan first. Listen to this podcast. Use the free template. Use the free download and really start to plan it out. And if you need help, we're here. We can help you get everything you need together to help build and create this amazing mission for you, this bigger environmental, social, and governance change that you want for your business. There's a link in the show notes to schedule a discovery call to see how we could help you. In the meantime, I hope this episode has either taught you more than you know, or it's articulated a lot of things that you've been thinking of as you drive to the grocery store (laughs) or drive to work. And I hope this has taken you from thought to giving you some momentum and some next action steps. Until next time. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.